0: steps under center, Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard, will get the ball to McClendon, he leaps, oh, he doesn't get in, he fumbled the football, Carolina holds, the game is over, and Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw, over the middle, intercepted, Wolfolk again,
1: Wolfolk the other way, at the 30, the 40, Wolfolk to midfield. Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. And today, we have another guest that is dropping by with us. Of course, Wednesday was the official end to the 2023 class as it was National Signing Day. Carolina, as Mac Brown said back at the end of the early signing period, Uh, Not active at all. They did not sign anybody in the late window, so it was a really quiet day for the Tar Heels, but there were some other things that happened nationally, and it did affect Carolina's overall ranking in the class. According to 24-7 Sports, Carolina's class finishes up 28th overall. You heard us talk about that a little bit on the last edition of the podcast with Andrew Ivins of 24-7 Sports. Make sure if you haven't seen that one, you go back and uh, give it a listen. But today, we are talking to Kelly Ford. He does his own rankings, um, and he does a multitude of them. It's not just recruiting. That was the one that got my attention, though on Wednesday, but he does those. Uh, He also does, you know, uh, some rankings over a four-year span, and he also will put together rankings before the season comes out. So he kind of explains a little bit about all of those, and in the process, the one that we talked about first uh, was the one that caught my attention. That recruiting one, Carolina dropping two spots in his rankings, and First thing I had to ask him was, how concerned should we be as Tar Heel fans about the direction that things are going on the recruiting trail for Carolina after the 2023 class?
0: Yeah, so I'll preface it with what exactly my numbers are trying to capture and what they're all about. So Anthony, what I do, as you mentioned at the top, is I have for FBS football predictive power ratings, and I also do uh, resume based uh, rankings. But in terms of power rating teams, which is that's how I use these, these recruiting ratings and rankings. Um, I have three main inputs that go into my preseason power ratings. Uh, it's your returning production. So who did you bring back from last year? Who'd you lose at the transfer portal? Who did you bring in from the transfer portal? That's the piece that takes me the longest amount of time each summer to to put together. And I'm in the process of doing that now. And it's what gets the most weight when it comes to generating the preseason power ratings for each team. The second is your weighted four-year K-Ford rating. So at the end of every season, a team has their power rating. I then assign, based on the the, the most recent four years, and your decreasing weight for each year you're going back, a second component. And that's your weighted four-year K-Ford rating. In that that part of the formula, right now, North Carolina ranks number 31. They have a 72.6, and all of these are on zero to 100 scales. So Alabama's at number one in that with 99.3. North Carolina's at 31 with 72.6. But then the third piece, the one that we're talking about now, it's the weighted four-year recruiting ranking. And that's what you referenced, North Carolina, down a couple spots for me. So we're looking at the last four years of recruiting cycles. Again, we're not accounting for transfers in and out in this portion. That comes in in the returning production portion. So this is just high school recruiting. Who'd you bring in in each of these four classes? Of course, the most recent class now, the class of 2023, takes up the most weight in this. And so as you mentioned, North Carolina a little bit down this year relative to where they've been in years past. But North Carolina is still grading out for me, Anthony, at number 16 in the weighted four-year recruiting rankings. It's an 88.9 on the scale of 0 to 100. Alabama, number one there at 99.4, just to give you a frame of reference. North Carolina is down two spots, as you said. They're down four points on the 0 to 100 scale from where they were a year ago. So after the signing of the high school class of 2022 – So I'm not necessarily overly concerned about North Carolina. You're still sitting there at number 16. You still have an 88.9 on the scale of zero to 100. But anytime your, your average goes down year over year, it does just give you cause just to take a second pause and try to figure out what exactly is going on there. For some schools or for some programs, it's an obvious thing. For example, um, Wisconsin is a big a big faller this year. Well, they had a coaching change, right? And I know we're all excited about what Luke Fickle can do there. And I personally don't have any concerns about the future of Wisconsin under Luke Fickle, but I can understand why when their recruiting ranking averages down now as you've undergone a coaching change. Of course, that's not the case at North Carolina. Um, You did have, uh, you know, a good 2021 season. 2022 gets off to the great start. You falter down the stretch like you talked about there. Anytime you end the season with a few losses in a row, that's not what you want. But again, you're bringing back Drake May at quarterback. Uh, I haven't finished the returning production numbers, but I have a feeling you'll be okay in that space from the aspect of just recruiting. I'm really not concerned. I know they've gone down, but they're still right there. If we look at other ACC programs that are ahead of North Carolina at this point, I only have a couple. Clemson sitting at number seven in this weighted four-year recruiting rankings. Miami, now number 11. They are up three spots. I think what Mario Cristobal and his staff are doing down there, they didn't have much success on the football field this past year, but what they're doing on the recruiting trail is voting well for them moving forward, I would say. So North Carolina comes in number three in the ACC. They were number two last year. Um, it's not. It's not a great trend, but I'm
1: also not overly concerned at this point. Now, I think that the question is: is you know when you probably you know for this question when you would combine recruiting along with the four year grade that you have. Are they doing the right things? You, we have the college football playoff expanding, and I feel like a lot of Toriel fans are kind of eyeing the 12-team playoff field and saying, "Look, the way we've been recruiting, uh, Matt Brown, the fact that he you know is a Hall of Fame coach and has won a national championship before, they, they feel like they could at least get into that conversation and and maybe crack that top 12 at some point." Are you feeling like this is a team right now that's doing the right things to get there or do they still have work to do?
0: I think, Anthony, there. I think there's still work to be done to answer your question uh, directly. Now, when we talk about qualifying for the 12-team playoff that's coming here in 2024, it's not going to be just about the 12 best teams. And that's probably a good thing for North Carolina by my numbers, because mm-hmm. like I said, North Carolina with the weighted four year average is sitting at number 31, which is actually exactly where they were a year ago at this time. They did not move up in the rankings. They, their, their rating did increase just, just slightly. So that is a good sign. But when you're talking about inclusion of in the 12 team playoff, of course, you're going to have your six automatic qualifiers. So uh, the top, the top uh, six AQs, um, the, the Power Five most likely, and then one of the Group of Fives. The top six ranked AQs, so conference champions. Um, that's obviously a direct path in. So if North Carolina is able to win the ACC, of course there's their shot. For the sake of this conversation, let's assume North Carolina has not won the ACC because my numbers are suggesting that on a year in year out basis, you know Clemson's going to be a team to contend with. Florida State looks like they're going to be a team to contend with here. Miami, as we talked about, a team to contend with. So North Carolina is going to be in that conversation, of course. But if they don't win the ACC, you have to be one of the next six highest ranked at large teams. And and I think the fact that, the, that North Carolina plays in the ACC, which, um, if I can speak candidly, has not been, by my numbers, historically here in recent years, the best of the power five conferences that actually helps North Carolina, because you're going to have the opportunity to be picking up a few more wins than maybe you would if you were in the SEC or a different um, power five conference. And at the end of the year, what we've seen from the selection committee is they really value wins and losses. I spend an inordinate amount of time trying to convince people on Twitter and it's, it's probably a futile effort, but trying to convince people. And this is what I do with my most deserving rankings that Every win-loss record is not created equal. You can be ten and two in the mm-hmm. ACC and perhaps be less deserving by my numbers than a nine and three or even eight and four SEC team, just depending on the schedule that you played and the quality of the opponents that that you've beaten and lost to. So, I do think the fact that North Carolina plays in the ACC and they have maybe an opportunity to, to get a few more wins than they would if they were in a different conference does bode well for them. Um, I do, though, still think there's work to be done for them to consistently be in that top, you know, 12, 10, 12, 15 range, which is where you're going to need to be if you're you're looking to get um, an at-large spot or, or consideration for the 12-team playoffs. So they're definitely in a better spot than most within their conference, but I still, at this point, by my numbers, would not make North Carolina the favorite in the ACC Um, here in 2023 or or in the immediate future. So I do think there is still work to be done. And that's not a slight. It's not meant to be an insult. I would say there's work to be done for just about every program in FBS. I mean, I think I could probably name half a dozen or so who have to feel pretty good about their chances to make a 12-team playoff on a year-in, year-out
1: basis. Outside of those programs, everybody, I would say, has work to do. It is uh, Kelly Ford. He does FBS college football power ratings and resume rankings uh, for his own website, kfordratings.com. Also is a host of the We Hate Your Team podcast. Let me ask you, you know, looking at at this year for Carolina, and I know you're still in the early stages and everything like that of, of all the guys that are returning and the transfers they're bringing in. But, you know, just if, 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 you know, from looking at, at last year and, and sort of where, you know, the guys that have left and, and, and where you think this team stacks up this year, you know, do you think that this is a team that has at least a chance to get back to Charlotte this year? Because I feel like. There is a lot of talk about Florida State, a lot of people believing that this is going to be a huge leap for them this year and that this could be a team potentially on the verge of the college football playoff. You have Clemson um, you know, coming in. There's still some question marks about them, but they did a great job going out and getting Garrett Riley. So when you look at it, do, do you feel like Carolina has a chance to be back in Charlotte? this year or is this a a team that you know maybe is poised to take a step back this next coming season
0: yeah it's a that's a really good question there Anthony and I know um so with the ACC doing away with divisions here in 2023 it's going to look a little bit different it's not just hey let's let's win the uh let's win the coastal and, and and we'll get there and we'll and we'll be in good shape you just have to be one of the top two now And as I'm looking at North Carolina's schedule here in front of me for 2023, again, as you said, I have not completed my returning production calculations. I won't complete them until the middle of the summer. And my power ratings aren't finalized until August. There's so many moving pieces. There's so many things that change over the course of of, of these next few months um, that are going to affect the power ratings. But if I look at North Carolina's schedule, having to go to Clemson um, in the second to last week of the season that, that's tough right Clemson is is by my numbers historically one of the one of the better teams here in the ACC and I'm pro- probably projecting that for 2023 as well a home game against Miami um in, in the middle of October that's going to be another game that I think is probably going to be tough again I talked about Miami being up at number 11 now in my weighted four-year recruiting rankings and and that that's by no means suggesting I'm going to have Miami there um when it comes time to to to, to finalize the power ratings I mean Miami's only Number forty-six in the weighted four-year K-4 ratings after a terrible year on the field here in 2022. Uh, Florida State, a team that I know North Carolina does not play this year, but Florida State's a team that a lot of people, if you remember last offseason there, and you probably do, there was a lot of hype around NC State. I yes. was very I, I I know, I'm talking to a UNC guy. I don't have to remind you of that <laughs> hype, I'm sure. Um, I was pretty hesitant to, to buy into the NC State hype, and, and and I didn't really ever get there, and at the end of the year, um, it, it proved to be wise of me to not do that. At the same time, I will say I was pretty high on Miami a year ago, and we know how that turned out, so I'm not, not trying to suggest that I hit on 100% of these shots, but um, I could I see a little bit with Florida State of what I saw with with NC State last year I, I think we're we're getting a little bit of that feel this year for Florida State going into 2023. What they're doing on the recruiting trail is is impressive. They did have a good um a, a good season a year ago after a somewhat you know rocky ish start. You know they they knock off uh, LSU of course, but then lose some games and they they finished very strong in contrast to North Carolina who who, who had kind of the flip. They started very strong and finished um with a, with a little bit less uh, oomph with air. But as I'm looking at the schedule here, you know at Pitt that's not going to be easy. But I think that's a game that that North Carolina should be able to manage. Um, Syracuse can be tricky, but again, I'm going to expect North Carolina to get that done. Virginia, uh, Georgia Tech, those are two games I would expect North Carolina to take care of business. Duke, same thing. At NC State to end the year, that's, of course, a rivalry game. So you're asking me, is it realistic to expect UNC to make it to Charlotte? I, I I wouldn't put North Carolina at this point in time, very much subject to change based on my numbers that I'm generating here over the summer. At this point in time, I would not make North Carolina a top two projected team in my numbers um, in the ACC this year, which would mean I don't think that they should be expected to make it to Charlotte. I absolutely think if they play to their potential, there is a path for North Carolina to make it to Charlotte so though. They, they definitely have that top end potential. There's maybe, you know, four or five I'd put in that group, but I would not make them one of, one of the two favorites to
1: make it to Charlotte at this point. The last question I'll ask you before we get you out of here. You know, you, you said that Carolina, despite the season that they had, finishing nine and five at one point being nine and one, they still remain 31st in your rankings. They didn't move up, they didn't move down. They moved up just a little bit in terms of the overall rating. And I think that's kind of where Toriel fans are as well. It, it feels like, weirdly enough, even after a nine win season, just the second, believe it or not, since Mac Brown left the first time, you're kind of at a crossroads with this program. But my question for you is, is looking at the four years now that Mac Brown has been here, in your mind, has he overachieved? Has he underachieved with everything, you know, with the recruiting? Or, you know, is is he a guy that's just kind of giving you what you kind of expected from him when he ended up returning?
0: Yeah, um, I would say based on, so so Mac obviously had a lot of success at North Carolina. His first go around then leaves, you know, goes to Texas, does what he does there. Um, I would say, and again, I'm not, this is not meant to be insulting or anything of that nature. I just think from a national perspective, I'm not sure if people around the country associate North Carolina football with national prominence or, you know, winning 9, 10, 11 games a year on a year-in, year-out basis. Now, if we're going to talk basketball, you know, you guys are absolutely right at the top of that list yeah. with the Blue Bloods and all that stuff. But from a football standpoint, I'm not sure there's that expectation. Now, I know uh, Larry Fedora had, had that 2015 year where um went 11 games and it was incredible, really good team, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But take that year out of it. I think what Mac Brown has done at North Carolina in his four years should be celebrated. I mean, when when you look at the years leading right up to when he got there, you know, 2017, you win three games, 2018, you win two games. Yeah. Um I, I think what he's done should be celebrated. It's an overachievement, I think, in my opinion, as an outsider looking in out on the program mm. from your historical level of success. I would say though, because we saw what Mac did there the first time, I expected him to raise the bar. And he has done that. And and I've been I've been pleasantly surprised, again, as an outsider, as a neutral here, with what he's been able to do, and I expect him to continue carrying that momentum forward, and I think that as long as Mac is there in Chapel Hill, North Carolina is going to be mentioned in that kind of first tiering of teams, first or second tier of teams in the ACC when it comes to who are going to be the favorites in the conference this year. You're going to, As long as Dabo's at Clemson, and you know they're still only a few years removed from winning a couple national championships, he's going to be there. Florida State, they got the history and tradition. If they can get it right on the field, they're going to be a dangerous program, of course. Same thing can be said for Miami. But right after you get through those three programs, I don't think there's any reason to think that North Carolina can't be the next team you're talking about every single year as long as Mac is there. And I know he's getting up there in age, but he seems to still be enjoying it and having a good time. And as long as he's uh, as long as he's got the energy to to keep doing what he's doing, I don't see any reason why uh, anybody should be looking for anything else there at North Carolina.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's definitely a little conflicting. I think a lot of people, you know, with what we saw from him here the first time, they expect a lot. Um, and I, I think people really did get excited by the starts of this season and, you know, they're kind of worried a little bit about how it finished up, but, um, yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And that's, you know, that's why I asked you as a guy, that's a national guy. I always think it's interesting because, you know, when you are somebody that, that follows the team day in and day out, or you're a fan, you know, you do kind of see it a little bit differently. So getting that national perspective to say, Hey, you guys actually are doing a really good job from the outside. Is always great to hear. Uh, Hey, Kelly, we really appreciate it, man. Great stuff. I love the rankings, man. I love how much you put into it. Um, I'm I'm just – I love getting these types of people on because you guys just put so much into college football. And for me, as somebody that, weirdly enough, I I mean, I'm a guy that a lot of people look at strangely when I tell them Carolina football – to me, I I I put it ahead of Carolina basketball at times. Um, you know, it's just it's I I love it so much. So to see somebody as passionate about college football like that is always great. Uh, thanks for taking some time out, man, and talking to us. Really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, Anthony. Anytime. Appreciate you. you and and uh, good luck
1: to the Tar Heels here in twenty twenty three. Yeah, guys, make sure you follow them at K Ford Ratings on Twitter. Uh, go to uh, K Ford. Ratings.com and make sure you also check out the We Hate Your Team podcast. Thanks so much, Kelly. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you. The stage is set, and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Guys, you know I'm going to be jumping in, especially on some of these prop bets. I saw the line for touchdowns in this game for Patrick Mahomes. Currently set at one and a half, easily taking that prop bet. May even have to jump in on a little action of for Hassan Redick as the MVP of this game at plus thirty five hundred. I may have to jump in on that. There's so many other great bets on the website at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code TPPN. New customers can bet five dollars on Super Bowl fifty-seven and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions applied, void in Ohio. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the the podcasts, all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter, at HeelToughBlog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow, and you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnotta, myself, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at HackZubber2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnata here with you. We want to thank Kelly Ford for stopping by with us. Uh, Make sure you follow him on social media at KFordRatings. And also check out the We Hate Your Team podcast. Uh, That was tremendous and I think gives you a good look about, you know, how people nationally sort of perceive Carolina. You know, talked a little bit about the recruiting class and, and how... Uh, It really just comes back to what they do in the 2024 cycle, and I feel like that's kind of where a lot of people are at, and that's something that we're going to be talking about here uh, over the next few weeks, and it's really going to start, me and Zach, we're going to of course uh, have an edition of the podcast coming up next week, we're finally getting that set in stone, where we are going to, of course, talk about Carolina's two editions in the class, that they had uh, really almost back-to-back a- along the offensive line there in Desmond Jackson and Andrew Rosinski. We'll talk about those two guys, and then we will give you our most-wanted prospects from the 2024 class. It's a list of 10. We do it every single year, and it- it's a group that feels very, very important for Carolina. A lot of the guys, you know, I've kind of been putting together my list here over this weekend, And I will say this, a lot of the guys come out of the state of North Carolina. This is going to be a big year for Carolina uh, in this state. They have to be able to take care of business here and lock down some of these big names. Of course, the state of Georgia is going to be huge. Uh, I think, you know, from looking at it, I think what it's going to have to be is it's going to be a lot of heavy hitters from North Carolina and sort of build the depth of the class through the state of Georgia um, I, I think that's probably the plan that most people had going in anyways because you know anybody that's a big hitter in the state of Georgia probably looking more towards uh, the you know hometown dogs or um, you know some of the other teams uh, that are in the SEC so Carolina. I think their biggest focus right now should be in their own state and trying to find a way to strengthen that fence. Not saying that this past year they didn't do a good job in the state. Still, of the teams in state, clearly did the best job of recruiting the top prospects. But it was a year where guys were heading out of state more than they did in the first three years under Mac Brown. So... Uh, It'll be an important one. And we'll, of course, have you covered with everything on the 2024 trail. I will have the article after we put up the edition of the podcast where I break down my top 10, and we will dive a little bit further than we even talk about on the podcast into my top 10. So make sure that you guys uh, check that out on the website at heeltoughblog.com. As for uh, the other stuff going on on the football side of things, well, Mac Brown did receive an extension. I talk a little bit about how uh, it is interesting timing following his comments about Carolina's schedule. And you know what? How we should be feeling about the fact that Mac Brown looks like he's going to be staying for uh, a little bit, a little while longer. Um, it doesn't look like he is closing in on the end of his time in Chapel Hill, even though uh, there are some people that were wondering that uh, here over the last, you know, few weeks, and especially that was ramped up after uh, the ACC schedule talk. Um, so we, we of course have you covered with everything else that'll be going on in terms of the off season moves. Um, the other Ross, the, the other move that we've had here recently that uh, you guys of course might be interested in. go back and check out the article on Ed Montalis coming back for uh, an extra season of eligibility. Uh, it was thought that he was done with his career. In Carolina, he would forego that final season, but he is not. and We have that article up there for you to read uh, as we break down what the Tar Heels are getting back in Montalus. And then, uh, while you're there, check out the basketball coverage. Carolina suffered a really tough loss last night to the Duke Blue Devils on the road in Durham. And now it it has this Carolina team in danger of potentially being out of the tournament field if they lose on Tuesday night. So a crucial game with Wake Forest. Josh will have you covered uh, on the website. He will have the preview as well as the recap. And then, of course, we will have you covered on the podcast side of things. With the Four Corners podcast, me and him will take you through not only the Wake Forest game, but also the rest of the Tar Heels schedule as they try to find a way to turn this season around after coming in preseason number one. Many people deeming it, including both of us, as the Redemption Tour Part 2. Well, they're really going to have to turn things around and soon if they want to have any chance of completing that task and cutting down the nets at the end of the season this year. So check it all out, heeltoughblog.com. Make sure, as I mentioned, the Four Corners podcast. uh, You uh, subscribe to that wherever you're listening. We just had our best month as a podcast, 6,400 downloads this past month and that was in the month of January. We have some crucial months coming up for Carolina and we of course want you along for the ride here as we break it down all for you and while you're there make sure you also subscribe. To the to this podcast, the Heel Tough Blog podcast, and give it a rate and a review. We would greatly appreciate that. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Kelly Ford once again for stopping by with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tori.